Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service on top of that. Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the john DePietro show folks it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's friday it's august 12th uh, I encourage you to check out the website, dipetro.com. We have learned, it is confirmed, that the uh, fight on the Block Island Ferry that started on Block Island confirmed suspected gang members, apparently. Uh, and you look at, you have gang members from, uh, the it's Pawtucket, but the name of the gang is called Bucket West for the western part of Pawtucket. And then it's uh, Providence members. And... Providence members are called Family First. There's all kinds of different gangs in Providence, but Family First, and that's why the police wanted to photograph the tattoos. They have the FF. Um, and, and so that's what started. Folks, we also learned that one of the gang members actually pulled the gun out on block, uh, at ballots, uh, easily could have started firing at people. And one of the older gang members uh, made the gang member put the gun away. So this is the type of crowd. This goes hand in hand with, you know, the type of people Rhode Island's attracting, the type of people that Governor McKee is trying to get the state to attract. It's a level of lawlessness. It's, uh, it's, it's people who a lot of times, not all the time, but then when you mix in people from third world countries, when you mix people uh, very familiar with and comfortable in gang life, when you have people like Alorza that won't, uh, allow police to go after a lot of the gang members. The gangs thrive, and it takes off that way. So the mug shots, the photos, all the exclusive story, it's all on the website, dipetro.com. Now, today is obviously a huge day, and this became Trump week, starting on Monday night when uh, President Trump broke the news with the raid on Mar-a-Lago, as the Drudge Report calls it, raid of the century, uh, in some of these headlines, Merrick Garland calls Trump bluff. DOJ moves to unseal the warrant. So today is the unsealing of the warrant. He stood up. I approved the search. And I want to, uh, I, this picture of President Hell Week waiting on indictment. Who's wearing a wire? And folks, also this story of uh, they're hunting for uh, nuke docks, meaning nuclear weapons secret code document i mean this is just gotten crazy i'm looking at some of the other headlines trump's slew of investigations and suits only six to eight people could be the informant homeland watchdog delays probe america ready for another civil war this attack on the fbi i i i'm going to say what i've been saying and i've been consistent it's wrong but fbi searched the president's home to look for nuclear documents and other items now i i don't understand any of this i really don't um I don't think anyone has a real answer on this either, by the way. But what? why would he have these things? You know, I, I'll say this, and many of you know, as a Trump supporter, and as someone that voted for him twice, and as a, someone that I, I, I am in pretty regular communication with some of the people in his circle, I, I'm going to come back to, I, for the life of, why, why would he have those things? And why, why is this such a big deal? And they had to go and retrieve things and, 
I don't even I don't understand that. Classified documents relating to nuclear weapons were among the items FBI agents sought in search of former President Trump's Florida residence. So I immediately start seeing people attacking the FBI. Oh, so you mean to tell me they let him have those there? This becomes, no matter what, people want to attack the FBI, and I think that's wrong. There has to be some responsibility and onus on President Trump. Why do you have these documents? Why is it government agents have to go and retrieve them from your home? And I, I also personally, I, I know the president's attorney was on with Laura Ingram last night. I'm going to play that. Um, I, I don't think he's well represented. Uh, she used to work for One America. I don't think she's that impressive. I don't understand why she even went on with Laura Ingram. I found the interview embarrassing. But experts in classified information said the unusual search underscores deep concern among government officials that the types of information they thought could be located potentially in danger of falling into the wrong hands. People who described some of the material the agents were seeking spoke on the condition to discuss an ongoing investigation, uh, nor did they say they were covered part of the search. So I also want to say this. this uh, so far, I've seen very good reporting out of the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. And as much as people wanted to cry fake news, it's all fake news, blah, 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 every time they're saying that, what is being coming out of those three publications has been accurate and they have not had to pull back and if anything it's been confirmed so garland seeks to call the bluff material about nuclear weapons is sensitive usually restricted to a small number of government officials publicizing details about u.s weapons could provide an intelligence roadmap to adversaries seeking to build ways of countering those systems and other countries might view exposing their nuclear secrets as a threat one former justice department official who in the past oversaw investigations of leaks of classified information said the type of top secret information described by the people familiar with the probe would probably cause authorities to try to move as quickly as possible to recover sensitive documents that could cause grave harm to u.s security you know i'm hearing people saying oh what why did so the fbi knew it was there and then they came back later but that's that's not fair you know, they were trying to determine and had to find out whether or not he had them. And then we're working with people that apparently were telling them that they had them. But I don't see anyone putting responsibility, which has to, onto the president. I think a fair question. Like, I don't, why would he have them? Why does he have them? And this thing of going after the FBI, well, you know, yesterday... The FBI shot and killed a guy. They had an armed standoff with him. And he's saying that it's time for civil war, and he's starting the whole thing, call to arms. He posted that right after the search became public. They're checking possible ties. He was at the Capitol on January 6th. I mean, come on. You, you, you can't say that has nothing to do with it. This guy that they shot and killed, who had the standoff with the FBI, said be ready for combat we must not tolerate this they've been conditioning us to accept tyranny for two years this time we must respond with force come on that guy was egged on whoever the hell he was um ricky what's his name um ricky ricky schiffer i think he was a member of the proud boys like you 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 can't just i i see people that just keep it's like a moving target. They never stop and address. I'm going to go with, number one, why does President Trump have, I, I, I think that, that warrants an answer. Why, why would you have those, I don't understand why he has, but why would you have nuclear documents? That's not, people were saying, well, he's a big memento guy. That, that's not, hey, here's the time I threw out the, you know, the first pitch at the World Series or Hey, there was the photo when I was down on the field at Alabama, Auburn. I mean, that's not what we're talking about here. So this is, um, it, it, I, I, I am anxious to get some kind of understanding of exactly what took place here. So, but that, that interview with Christina Bob, um, I just, 
I, I have no idea why, unless she was told to go on. Listen, this is last night on Laura Ingram. I, I don't understand why you go on. Listen to the way, also, by the way, Laura Ingram has a law background. High level, as a matter of fact. Listen to this exchange last night on the Laura Ingram show. Here we go. So, Christina, just so I'm clear about this, I want to be really clear. Is it your understanding that there were not documents related to our nuclear capabilities or nuclear issues that had national security implications in the president's possession when the agents showed up at Mar-a-Lago? That's correct. I, I don't believe they were. And if they thought well, they were... Well, do you know were, for a fact... Do you know for a fact I, they were? I, have you spoken to the president about it? I, I have not specifically spoken to the president about what nuclear uh, uh, materials may or may not have been in there. I do not believe there were any in there. The legal team has done a very thorough search and had turned over. We've been very cooperative with uh, the Biden administration and the DOJ and turned over everything that we found that we had. So it's my understanding on very good belief based on a thorough investigation that there was nothing there. So you know, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, this is, I'll say this, as a loyal Trump supporter and voter, and I mean, I, I just, first we had to suffer through Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, and all the foolishness after the election of 2020. One thing I'll say about President Trump, he, he is not well served with many of the legal counsel that he seems to be selecting. She is so far in over her head that Christina Bob. I mean, she is just so far in over her head. So I want to play. Um, so now, you know, now granted, it is a Friday in the summer. Instead of being quiet, it is obviously major news. Um, but I want to come back to, I, I have a problem with all these people that are just completely throwing the FBI under the bus. I want to play, this was... Um, this was from Good Morning America this morning, John Carl, who we interviewed when we were in New Hampshire. Uh, listen to this piece. Trump's decision not to challenge the release of that search warrant and related documents came just hours before a deadline set by a federal judge, and it means we may soon learn more about what those federal agents were looking for. Just hours after the Justice Department filed for the Mar-a-Lago search warrant to be unsealed, Trump announced he would not oppose the release. The former president issuing a statement saying he was, quote, encouraging the immediate release of those documents, although his lawyers already have them and could have already released them if he wanted. This is the Washington Post is reporting that among the information sought by federal agents at Mar-a-Lago were classified documents related to nuclear weapons. Perhaps the most telling detail in the DOJ filing on unsealing the warrant was who signed it, the chief of the counterintelligence section of the DOJ National Security Division, a clear indication the investigation is related to classified information with national security implications. Sources tell ABC News that investigators were also looking for material labeled, quote, special access, which is only available to a limited number of individuals with the highest level of security clearance. Under intense pressure to explain the FBI's operation at Mar-a-Lago, Attorney General Garland Thursday took the rare step of publicly commenting on an ongoing investigation. I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. In fact, ABC News has learned Trump was subpoenaed for the documents earlier this year as DOJ attempted to get him to turn them over without a search warrant. Afterwards, a small team of FBI agents visited Mar-a-Lago in early June, meeting with Trump's lawyers about the missing White House documents. The execution of the search warrant on Monday came only after DOJ concluded Trump still had not turned over everything demanded by the subpoena. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Amid concern about increased threats to law enforcement officials, Garland also addressed harsh criticism of the FBI, some of it coming from prominent Republicans who have accused federal agents of going after Trump for political reasons. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people 
from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. Sources tell ABC News that some of the material believed to be at Mar-a-Lago was so sensitive that authorities concluded that they needed to take possession of it immediately. Let's get a little more on that, John, right now. When we're talking about these documents, it, we certainly believe that these are documents way beyond top secret. Yeah, uh, at least two levels above top secret. It's something called Special Access Programs Intelligence. SAP uh, Intelligence, George, is the ultimate need-to-know intelligence in the federal government. Uh, material is only classified as SAP if it's believed that the, the revelation, the, the making public of that information uh, would lead the country to be highly vulnerable. Uh, so this is really the ultimate classified intelligence, not, not even, you know, it, it's material that very few people in the federal government would have access to. You know, folks, I am, um, and again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I'm just going to encourage people that all, all I think you should do I mean, everyone's going to make their own decisions. But in, instead of all this, some of the nonsense that's already out there again is, you know, this whole business of, um, you know, they, they're after Hunter Biden's laptop. This is, uh, he was going to unveil this. And he was president for four years. <clears throat> I, I, I want, you know, everyone's going to like calm down a little bit and, and, and let's deal in facts and no, they're not there for information on Hunter Biden's laptop. They're not, you know, there for he, he had documents. He was going to expose how corrupt the FBI is. I mean, the people that are just throwing this stuff out. I'm going to repeat what I've said. The men and women of the FBI that I know and deal with. And there was one agent I had a problem with. But by and large, listen, I, I respect law enforcement. And, and it sure sounds that they were going to every effort to try to get this stuff back without leading to the events that it did. And and I also agree. I felt sick on Monday night. Um, there's part of me that does feel that there's a huge number of them that they just don't want them to run again. But you have to take a step back and say, why would he have, and I don't know the answer to this, by the way, but why, why would he have these, why would he have nuclear codes? What What is the significance that that's not you know this business of he's a big memento guy which i heard someone say on fox news he's a big memento guy a big memento guy what why would he have these it's unnecessary to have these he should not have these um you know i've worked different places there's things that you can take when you leave and then there's things you can't take when you leave uh but that this goes to another level i don't i don't know the the element around it I'm not impressed with that Christina Bob, who was there on scene. I know the usual attack dogs are out there. Steve Bannon, Rudy Giuliani, blah, blah, blah. Comes like a moving ball. They just they throw out this, then they throw out that, and throw out this, and throw out that. I, I for the life of me, I, I, you, you can't ignore that there has to be some responsibility and accountability with the former president on on president trump and why would he have these types of documents um it could because it seems it does seem come on this seems, it's totally unnecessary you don't need that stuff you don't need that stuff it's obviously it goes beyond top secret you're no longer the president i i don't understand any element of that and i i don't understand why he would have those in his possession you know this is not what we said uh photo throwing out first pitch here or there or midfield somewhere or here's an autographed picture of that or here's the staff i mean we're not talking about mementos like that and even if okay he wants to set up the trump museum and the trump presidential library and various things like that um one of the things you wouldn't need in there is nuclear codes i i just want to also people can't ignore look at how one person reacted upon monday night learning the news and then you know that person was shot and killed in a standoff the guy was you know showed up in body armor yesterday at a field office so i i don't know I, i'm gonna stick with no we don't need to go war against the police i i go back to steve scalise who i like 
who was saying, you know, a couple of rogue, these were not a couple of rogue agents. Everybody's not a crook. You got to come back to, like, step back for a moment. Why would you have these documents? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, if this were, you know, Obama leaving office, if this were one of the Clintons leaving office, they would, you know, people would go after them. So people would criticize them. People would question that, rightfully so. Uh, if this were the team Biden, uh, the, I, I also want to say, I think people, I, I want to wait and see how this plays out. And I want to hear real responses of what people are going to say, because anyone can just throw out anything. You know, we saw how on January 6th, when you had that Cassidy Hutchinson testify, and then they said, we have Secret Service are going to step forward and completely contradict what she said. And then they, then they don't have anybody right when it comes down to under oath so as far as this i i want to see exactly what they were after what evidence we've learned from it and then i want to see how president trump will respond to it i mean it seems it seems simple enough but i would just encourage everyone like slow down this is not about hunter biden's laptop it's not about president obama um i i don't know enough yet to say and i agree the press of course they're going to jump on it what are you kidding me it's dominated the news for the week all right it's friday it's obviously a busy news friday you're listening to the john DePietro show the next time you have an emergency head straight to atmed urgent care two locations 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 in johnston or east greenwich 5750 post road atmed urgent care urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families specializing in ambulatory medicine diagnostic treatment service at med urgent care they provide immunization school sports physicals they're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical orthopedic and trauma work-related injuries physical exams drug testing full laboratory services and with atmed urgent care they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm joining us right now he is the president national right to work it's our friend mark mix and uh first of all mark good to hear from you i'd love to hear and have you tell people about these targeted assassins yeah john well thanks for the opportunity to talk with you about this this is all a, a continuation of a story that basically broke about two and a half weeks ago where the national right to work legal defense foundation uh, had the privilege of representing a flight attendant that had worked for southwest airlines for over 20 years had an unblemished employment record and when she started talking to the union officials about the radical stands they were taking with her money that she had to pay as a condition of her keeping her job because she's under the covered by the railway labor act which gives union officials the privilege of forcing workers to pay them for the privilege of working or for the right to work um, when she objected to some of the things they were doing the union bosses went to southwest airlines and demanded that she be fired because she was harassing through private emails and private facebook messages to the union official that she she, uh, that she disagreed with what the union was doing. And so Southwest Airlines complied with the union demand. They fired her. And then in the course of a jury trial that, that rewarded our plaintiff, Charlene Carter, with a $5.1 million judgment, we found out that the email traffic between union activists and Southwest Airlines basically included language of how we needed to do targeted assassinations of these rebellious union you know represented workers like charlene and that they were a cancer in the workplace and they needed to be eliminated and obviously they i don't know if they were talking literally or believe that literally but certainly when they were talking about these things they were targeting those workers that would stand up for their rights in the workplace to basically object to what the union was doing with their forced fees 
politically and on ideological issues they disagreed with. It's really an amazing story, but it's not surprising to us, John, and it shouldn't be surprising to other people because union officials, while they claim to represent these workers, they have an ideology and, and exercise it politically in ways oftentimes that are totally divergent from what these workers they claim to represent believe. Folks, again, we're speaking with Mark Mix. And Mark, but that type of language, targeted assassins, what's been the reaction within uh, Southwest? Well, they're trying to keep it quiet from what I understand, and I don't know how Southwest is dealing with the fact that union activists were communicating through email with with actually employees of Southwest Airlines about this in their HR department, but I assume they need to pay attention to it because that type of, you know, kind of off-the-cuff comments about, you know, one worker who was a a black lady who was, you know, going to mobilize people and was a cancer inside the workplace – and had to be, you know, eliminated uh, from the workforce, I imagine, you know, you'd think that they would respond to that dramatically and immediately. As far as we know, they haven't at this point. But what we do know is that when the jury heard the facts of how all of this stuff transpired and how Charlene Carter's rights were violated and her employment was ended because all she did was speak up about things the union was doing, and it wasn't even a conversation with the airline, John. It was a conversation with the union officials themselves, and the union officials felt offended by her views and decided they wanted to have her fired. So hopefully there'll be more coming from it. And the one thing I think I do know that is going to happen is that hopefully other workers will see this and will have the courage to stand up and fight back against this type of compulsion and force. Folks, again, um, uh, Mark, I also I think it's interesting that one of the things that they went after her on was she opposed that Women's March on, on D.C., and, and that was in 2017 after President Trump came in office. And, and the important part about that that I think that, you know, the media sometimes ignores that people need to understand is a lot of these types of protests, they, they don't come together organically. These are organized. They're, it's mandatory un, some unions to attend. And they try to come it off like, wow, look at all these people coming together when, in fact, it's, it's all part of it that people are afraid if they don't attend. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, and Charlene had these problems prior to this particular 2017 incident. She had resigned her union membership in 2013, and and basically she still had to pay fees to the union in order to keep her job. And she had to give up her workplace rights when it came to her ideological and religious rights. But you're exactly right, John. What the union did in this case was they used her money, her fees, and the fees of – and the union dues of other – members, and I'm using my finger quotes here, of the Transportation Worker Union Local 556 in Dallas, they used it for 20 union officials to attend that march. And they held a banner saying, you know, TWU 556 supports, you know, Planned Parenthood and supports the Women's March. And, and uh, you know, she objected to that. But you're right. They, they used union dues and fees and union revenue and used in treasury money to attend that march. And, yeah, it wasn't organic in any way, shape, or form. If they had to spend their own money, I suspect they might not have been there. Yeah, and and you hear that. You see it, folks, uh, actually a lot, especially in our region with the teachers' unions, where if there's one district that's having a problem, all these teachers from, you know, the the media will say, look at this, teachers came from these different areas to help them. And and then you find out behind the scenes, they, they, they weren't given a choice. They were told they had to go. Many times people are afraid of, you know, the blowback of what would happen with their position if they don't go. It's uh, it, it, from what they say to what what's going on in reality is very different. Folks, again, it is Mark Mix, National Right to Work. And Mark, if people want to learn more about this or just the organization, what's the best way for them to go about it? Yeah, John, they can find out about their legal rights in the workplace by going to nrtw.org, nrtw.org. That's the Legal Defense Foundation, and they can talk to an attorney about their rights in the workplace. If they want to know what's going on legislatively, they can go to the committee's website, which is www.nrtwc.org, and they can find out what's happening in, in your state legislature and what's happening in Congress and the types of fights we're battling right now trying to roll back this union-forced unionism power they've been granted in the federal law for so many years John. you know at some point i'd love you um we'll talk sometime either off air or but there's a, a big play that's happening right now we're um the the unions now they, they want to build uh mark as you can see where the economy is going right now and the price of building is is going up but i won't keep you but so they uh they came up with this they want to build the most expensive minor league soccer stadium in the country <laughs> and they would build in a rhode island it would be a pla slapped on a public labor yep. agreement no bid uh the the day that the vote went through now this is a minor league 
team, which would be 20 miles from where the professional team plays, which is the uh, New England Revolution. They play actually at Gillette Stadium owned by Bob Kraft. And they draw maybe, you know, maybe that stadium obviously holds 65,000 people. Maybe they draw 15,000 fans per the professional soccer team. This would be 20, 20 miles down the road, minor league. And on the same day that the sitting governor received the endorsement from the AFL-CIO, he was the tie-breaking vote. This stadium initially was supposed to be, you know, like $60 million. The price of the, the costs have already gone to $150 million. And the governor, with his tie-breaking vote, voted to go ahead with the stadium, even though there's no support for nothing that shows that this would be successful. But Mark, this is an example people don't get. This is his gift to labor in order to get the endorsement with it. Hey, if you're at the labor unions and the AFL-CIO, this is a no-bid, most expensive soccer, minor league soccer stadium in the country. And, and you don't have, you know, opportunities to build 10 of them. So this is really just done as like a gift to labor. Absolutely. I'd be glad to talk with you about that, John. And, you know, we have to say no other words than big dig to understand the implications right. of project labor agreements. I mean, check out the check out the the mass transit system in Honolulu. There's been stories breaking over weeks about a project that's 11 years overdue and it's over budget by you know, 140 million dollars because it's a project labor agreement and it limits competition. Yep. And it does give these unbelievable favors to union bosses in the building trades and basically keeps 86% of all construction workers from competing on these jobs because they don't have a union card. Yeah. One last yeah. word on it. I will, we'll talk about, it. but of course, like everyone's scratching the head, boy, this doesn't make sense. Boy, <laughs> you know, this isn't going to, of course it doesn't make sense. Cause that's not what it's about. That's about handing them this type of gift. Again, folks, it's Mark mix Mark, Excellent as always. And we'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks, John. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 folks you are listening to the John DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 p.m. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It's time for our legal segment, not a moment too soon. Joining us right now in Rhode Island's top legal minds, he is our legal expert, is an attorney, Tim Dodd. And Tim, there's a lot of different ways to approach uh, what happened in Mar-a-Lago. If you don't mind, I'd like to just, now again, we there is still a lot we don't know. Some speculation, some facts. Um, I, I'd be curious, and I think it's important for people to know from, from what your knowledge and experience, what, like, the days leading up to this, how FBI obtains that type of search warrant, who's involved with it, and then, you know, we know they they arrived there Monday. They were there all day. Uh, President Trump was in New York at the time. But just so people understand, this was something in the making. Yes, this was certainly something in the making. They this didn't go off half cocked. This was like a military exercise. They had what thirty FBI yeah. representatives there with riot gear, with submachine guns, all to go into you know this estate to look for ostensibly look for records. Um, curious thing number one is that this starts um, out of the FBI office and the Justice Department. Um, office in D.C. So I guess the argument is it starts in D.C. because the records, if if there are records that were improperly taken by President Trump and moved to Florida, 
and that those records are somehow violative of um, national security um, dictates, then D.C. would say he took our documents that should be stored in D.C., so we've got jurisdiction. I guess the countervailing argument would be that it should have all been instituted out of um, Florida in the Palm Beach area where uh, Mar-a-Lago is located. Um, that it starts in D.C. certainly gives it a negative taint because that's where all the FISA court abuses started. That's where James Comey and um, Struck, or Struck, however he says his name, and all of those people conspired to have an insurance policy should uh, Donald Trump win the presidency in 2016. It's the same uh, Department of Justice out of D.C., that found that Hillary Clinton hadn't committed any crime when she did all of her shenanigans, destroying emails, having an illegal server in her home in Chappaqua. We could go on and on about that part of it. But eventually, someone has to prepare an affidavit to put in right. front of some federal judge. Now, we don't know what was in the affidavit. We don't know the basis of it. We don't know what the affidavit said. It would typically say... We have informants, we have insiders, we have somebody um, who has told us that the following documents are likely to be found at Mar-a-Lago in the Trump private residence. Those documents include bing, 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 and bing. Okay. Now, if that's what's in that warrant, and the warrant is specific, we're assuming, specific as to documents that President Trump might have improperly taken to Mar-a-Lago, that's what the limitation would be. It sounds like what actually occurred was that this grabbed boxes. They didn't look in the boxes. They rifled through everything. They grabbed everything that wasn't nailed down, and they left with it. Now, if they're, the pretext is looking for documents that Trump might have improperly held on to, and by the way, there was a negotiation between the Trump camp and the archivists as to what should be turned over and what shouldn't. But sure. if it's a pretext to get in there looking for January 6th documentation or other incriminating documentation, um, there's going to be significant legal fallout because that would be seen as a completely abusive situation. Right. The, the appropriate... Unless the affidavit says, we know that a crime is being committed, and this is what we expect to find, which is criminal in nature. The, the alternate way to go at this would have been to file um, civil action and subpoena the documents. So a subpoena saying, we want you to produce the following stuff, which we say you're withholding. You say you're not because it's yours and it's not national security material. We want to subpoena it. Now, Trump's team could challenge the subpoena, but that would be the appropriate way to take care of this unless there was some um, good faith basis in the affidavit that President Trump and his team were going to burn information, flush it down the toilet. We've been hearing the specter that Trump likes to rip up documents and flush it down the toilet um, I don't know if there's any substance to that or if that's just akin to, um, you know, a Russia um, false statement to cast Donald Trump in a bad light. But the whole thing is very fishy, John. What they're looking for, why they went about it in this way that's never been done before. It certainly gives off the um, impression that this is a desperate um, Department of Justice, fearful of Donald Trump, and doing whatever they can by whatever means necessary um, to jam him up and make it more difficult for him to run for president. There's no other, based on what we don't know, and really we don't know anything. We don't know what's in the affidavit. We don't know what's in the warrant. We don't know what the uh, judge approved them to look, go look for. We don't know what the material is that was removed. So not knowing any of those things is wonderful grist for the, for the um, 
talking pundits of the world, you know, on television to say Trump's in trouble or this is a desperate um, um, stab at getting something on Trump by improper means because the deep state has to stop Trump by whatever means they can. All right. All right. Let's reel this back in. <laughs> Tim Dodd, let, let's, how far high up do you think this went? This is not, I, I mean, come on. They, they, this is, uh, so they showed some judge they have something. I want to get to the specifics of, he was not there. Now, when they go up to the door and they execute this search warrant, the information that could answer a lot of these questions, is it fair to say that it's in the warrant? And if, if we if that was made public, we would know much more than we know right now. Yes, you would know much more okay. than you know right now. Could and Team Trump reveal that warrant if they wanted to? Again, we don't really know the, the truth yet. We hear a lot of innuendo, rumor and reporting. Yeah. But the report as of right now is that the FBI showed the Trump people the uh, warrant, but yep. they did not leave a copy of the warrant. They oh, said, here, right. you okay. can read this, but we're taking yep. it back. So huh. now talking heads out there are saying, well, it's up to Trump to show this to the world. My understanding is that Trump doesn't have it. The Trump okay. people don't have it. Now, do I think this was done without Merrick Garland's approval? Of course not. He had to be on the play. This is something that's never been done in our history. Yep. Um, th the reason for it seems pretty flimsy based on what we know today. Um, I don't believe the reporting or the statements uh, by uh, President Biden's press secretary that Biden first learned about this when we all learned about it through a media report. I don't believe that for a nanosecond. This oh. does not happen, even though the DOJ is supposed to be separate from the White House. I, I think you'd have to be a naive person to think that this would have been done without Garland okaying it and the biden administration if not biden himself and his senior people approving this there's no way this happened without their knowledge folks again we're speaking with our legal expert attorney tim Dodd. tim let's i just want to make it local for a moment let's just say someone went to i'm going to just mention a federal a judge like jack mcconnell and they wanted to do this type of raid on again a total hypothetical but like governor mckee's home now, just based on what my experience has been with the local U.S. attorney and a judge like McConnell, my experience has been it would have to be something pretty substantial and it wouldn't be a fishing expedition for a judge like Judge McConnell to sign off on something like that. Uh, you're absolutely right. And to use okay. your hypothetical, Judge McConnell is one of the best judges we have in Rhode Island. He would never do such a thing without some right. real real, real teeth in the affidavit, real yep. meat, and really something that needs an immediate interception of the material before it's destroyed, um, hidden, or something like that. The other thing that would happen is a judge like Judge McConnell or the local U.S. attorney would be very careful about doing such a thing unless time was of the essence and material was going to be destroyed because mm. the DOJ has a policy to not do this type of activity during an election cycle. Right. And, and that's exactly where we are. This could influence not only whether Donald Trump runs for president again, but it could have an impact on all the candidates that he's endorsed. It could impact fundraising across mm. the board this is an interference with yet another election cycle. There was interference yeah. in 2016. There was interference in 2020. And now it looks like they're setting up for more interference directly coming out of the DOJ for the 2022 midterms. It's mm. not right. Yeah. Whether they've got something or not, to do it right now in the middle of primary elections um, is, again, until 2016, 2020, something that really never would happen before that. And now it seems to be the ordinary course. And you've got a largely uninterested media uh, who's not criticizing DOJ for what they've done. Folks, um, we're going to take a 
just a quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker Donna Perry. DJ, speaking of Biden, you know, that was the headline. Uh, he finally had a good week. Did he have a good week? Did he have enough of a good week? I I still, you know, we've talked about it. I think I agree. The age thing still just doesn't go away. Um, it is August. All this jumping up and down, it's almost, you know, they want to see him do well, but I'm, I'm yep. not convinced. I don't think the dynamic has been, has been changed. I just don't. I don't. I think it um, was kind of a one to two day story of victory if they want to see it that way. But I also think the way the media played it, that it was more like the Democrats in Congress's victory, that they had this marathon thing. They passed this bill. John, but the average person isn't going, they don't say, oh, they passed legislation. You know, that's right. what people inside Washington, that's how they talk. Number one, I don't think there's anything in there that, by the way, has any tangible impact on people who feel like a very tight budgets right now, number, yep. number two. And I just, you know, I don't think that, I think any little, what, couple of points in the polls that Biden maybe is going to see, well, that just kind of gets obliterated um, by other events come along. So the idea that, that oh, he's back and they passed this bill again, that, that's to me, that's how, you know, legislators want to talk about it that way. Um, and I think it's just, like I say, you know, they, there was, are a lot of arguments about this legislation because there's actually tax increases in it. And even yeah. though they're saying oh, well, that's for wealthy people. Well, no, if you run a small business, you, you probably have a six-figure, you know, bottom line. So I, you could easily be seeing higher taxes. Um, they've, to they've already pointed that out. A lot of people have written about that, whether you're a small manufacturer. Uh, you have a lot of that in Rhode Island. So stop saying it's not going to be about taxes. It is. Um, and like I say, you know, them, them calling an inflation reduction act. Well, that's laughable for it it, some, something passed by Congress that Biden's going to sign does not in all reduce inflation. That's right. Um, so, and I would also just say what's now occurred, John, any talk of Biden's having a big week that just went off the news front page, that's by right. the way. Yes, it now I mean, becomes so. all Trump all over again. All Trump. Donna Perry, what did you make of the story, a uh, very lengthy story in Vanity Fair about Rachel Maddow? What was also interesting was uh, when I think they were even surprised that she was not bad-mouthing Tucker Carlson and said, actually, this is his moment, and the guy's really talented. And I didn't know, apparently, that one time they even worked together. I and, didn't uh, know that, yeah. Yeah, So, but just what was your take on the I, – I don't get the whole Maddow thing to begin with, I mean – they're paying her more to not work and even just a picture. Now, so now she's off chopping wood somewhere. Like right, I don't understand right. any of it, but, um, but just, I, I'd like to hear your thought on it. Well, first of all, um, I will, I've never been a big fan. Yeah, You're right. I'm I'm not. Not, there's a cult, I think around that. Yes. Um, talk about vanity fair, John devoting, uh, I don't know how many thousands of words to the, like, yeah. come on, but I, I'll give her this. Boy, talk about someone who's extracted a bigger contract out of NBC. That yes. that goes back to Katie Couric days, right? <laughs> when they, right. The thirty million or something to yes. to like basically live in her work. yeah in her country house in Western Mass. Um, and you're right. I I do think that it was 
interesting. And I'll give her that. Like, I think what she was trying to say, which maybe, you know, there are people who get like spastically upset about Tucker Carlson and what he, you know, what he, his show and what he puts out there. She was complimenting him in this way. And she said, he understands television and he understands um, broadcasting and, and connecting to the audience in a way that, you know, in the old days, that wasn't how people, you know, delivered their commentary. So um, you're right. Like they used to work together. I didn't know that. Um, And the fact that I'll give her that, like she, she didn't like give some, you know, tear him down comments. Um, She obviously, I think indicated I'm diametrically opposed to the way he views everything. Um, And try to say he's, dangerous and things he puts out. Um, and I don't know that I, that's a fair term for him. I think he knows he, they do a lot of research for his show, but she was not, um, she was complimenting him. There's no question about that. And I think that might have surprised people. Um, and especially in the MSNBC orbit, um, that she was not going to just use that opening. And she said, he knows who his audience is. Yep. And some would argue, John, to be fair, well, so does she. Does she, yeah. <laughs> and she's okay. gotten very, smaller. you know, she's gotten pretty rich on a smaller uh, but very, very loyal so. audience. Yeah. Over, what, 15 years she was doing that nightly, so. That's right. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker, Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. Uh, boy, never a dull moment. Never. In, uh, the throes <laughs> of August, and we will talk to you again. You bet. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com the Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Senadale Revival. Located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Senadale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Home Again Consignment. Located Governor Francis Shopping Center, fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry, buy, sell, or sell in consignment, and estate sales are provided. It's Home Again Consignment. Call John, 401-463-3310. Again, located right in Warwick in the Governor Francis Shopping Center, Home Again Consignment.